Welcome to Story Jam. Hey, this is Stephanie Rogers. I'm the producer of Story Jam, a live lit storytelling and music show based in Chicago. Story Jam features fantastic stories and a kick ass band playing original songs written for each story. For more about that, please visit us at storyjamshow.com. Today's episode features an incredible story by Chicago teller Paul Teodo. We'll hear Paul tell a story from our live show, the song we wrote for it, then we will have a chance to chat with Paul very briefly. So here is Paul Teodo, live at Story Jam. I believe, and a lot of other people believe, that crisis contributes greatly to the development of a person's identity. That belief is based on a theory, and the theory goes like this. When you're eight, nine, ten years old, you get into a jam where you either A, think that you're going to die, B, think that you're going to be left all alone, or C, you're going to go crazy. On Christmas Day, 1960, my Uncle Mike, Southside Chicago vice cop, greatly contributed to the development of my identity. <laughs> in the 50s and the 60s, if you're in an Italian neighborhood on the south side of Chicago and it's Christmas Day, you got a dining room table that seats about eight people with about 50 sitting around it. The table is covered with about 300 plates of food. Manicotti, ravioli, linguine, everything. You cannot see the table. All it is is plates and food. The kids sitting around the table take four or five minutes to complete their meal. The adults, seven to eight hours. Everybody's smoking. Everybody's drinking wine. It's Christmas drag, 10 degrees outside, and it's about 114 in this little dining room on the second floor of a two-flat at 77th and Greenwood. I turned to my cousin Rico and I said, I'm bored. He says, me too. I said, I got an idea. He says, what's that? I said, let's jump off the couch. He said, what? I said, let's jump off the couch so you can jump the farthest. He says, okay. Now, I don't mean the cushions of the couch. We were balancing on the top of the back of the couch and we were jumping. My uncle Mike, the vice cop, turns and says, Polly, Knock that shit off. So I look at him, and I jump again. He says, knock it off. I look at him, and I jump again. My leg clips a wine bottle sitting on a coffee table, rolls over off the floor. My uncle jumps up, takes the cuffs off his belt, handcuffs me to a raiding hot radiator. I look at him and say, Uncle Mike. My hand is burning. Let me out. He keeps shoveling pasta into his mouth. I say, Uncle Mike, please let me go. My hand is on fire. Nothing. He doesn't turn his head. And I look at him and I say, You let me out or I will kill you. He smiles and laughs, gets up, uncuffs me. I jump up off the floor, hit him in the head with a wine bottle and go for his gun. And at that moment, 
I became a very dangerous person. Flash forward to January 8, 1973. I'm on the Dan Ryan Expressway at the entrance ramp at 87th Street with my thumb out underneath the Magic Kiss sign. Hitchhiking back to Knox College where I was going to complete my last semester of college. A car goes by, slush thumbs up, hits me in the face, keeps going. Another car goes by, doesn't stop. A truck goes by, it rumbles by mud, slush, everything. I'm covered in it. Another guy goes by, gives me the finger. Finally, a dark green Olds 88 rumbles to a stop. I see the guy in the car, gets over, unbuttons the button on the driver's side, and I slide in. And I look at him, he holds his hand out, and he says, Johnny. I say, Paul. He says, what's up? I said, I'm going to Galesburg. He says, I'm not, I'm just going to Joliet. I said, fine, I'll take a ride as far as I can go. He says, cool. I look in the back seat, and he's got like a, a toolbox and a shovel and stuff like that in, in the back seat. I think, ah, it's construction or something like that. And a car smells like of oil in Greece. And on the front seat, there's one of those red rags. He said, Galesburg. I said, yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm thinking to myself, he looks familiar. I'm looking at him, then he looks at me because I'm looking at him. He's got a crew cut, kind of a pointed nose, little Adolf Hitler mustache, thick forearms. He says, what? I said, you look like someone I know. He says, I ain't anybody who you know. I says, you look like my sister's husband's father, Wally. He says, I ain't Wally. So we're driving. It's starting to get dark. It's starting to snow. The windshield wipers are flapping back and forth, back and forth. He says, what's college like? He says, it sucks. So you just got to answer a bunch of questions, shit like that. He said, you're going to graduate? Yeah, sometime soon, but the economy sucks. He said, I own a construction company. Come work for me after, you know, you graduate. I said, sure, right. We're driving. Windshield wipers slapping. You just hear the tires crunching on the snow. He turns at me and he says, I'll tell you what. I said, what? He says, let me play with your dick and I'll drive you all the way to Galesburg. I say, no, no, I, I don't go that way. Silence. I'm starting to feel my guts tighten up. I'm starting to remember being chained to the radiator. I'm scared shitless. The windshield wipers flapping back and forth. More silence. He turns to me and he said, let me play with your dick. And just then his hand moves to the red rag and I hit his hand and from underneath the red rag a pistol goes flying to the driver's side floorboard. He looks at me and I look at him. I say, you have just picked up a dangerous person. I will grab that fucking steering wheel and kill both of us. You let me out of this car now. He goes, oh, oh, okay, okay. I said, not here. Not in the middle of fucking nowhere. You drive to the intersection of I-55 and I-80. He says, oh, okay. He slows down at that intersection, and I get out of the car backwards, watching every single move that he's making. I shut the door. Flash forward to December 
1978. I'm at my sister's house. She's making pot roast. I can still smell it. It's a Friday night. John Jury comes on the news and he says, ladies and gentlemen, a grisly discovery has been made in Norwood Park. My sister comes out of the kitchen and says, oh my God, to her husband, he looks exactly like your father, Wally. <laughs> Flash forward to May 10th. 1994, John Wayne Gacy was executed for killing 33 young men. Because of my Uncle Mike being chained to the radiator, my identity crisis, I was fortunate not to be number 34. Thank you. got a chance to chat with Paul Teodo over Zoom, and here is our conversation. So, Paul, you've told this jaw-dropping story on the circuit, and it always garners the same responses, but how do you, as a storyteller, turn a story that's less, um, you know, eventful and make it into a bigger story? How do you take a small story and make it into a bigger story? Uh, I feel committed to the audience to bring them as close to my feelings 
whatever the story is and whatever the story arc is, is that I have. If I'm up there and they're there listening to me, I owe them everything I can to bring them to where I was when the story or the experience happened and where I am as I'm telling it. So I try to use different techniques or voice patterns or quality of my voice or pauses, whatever, uh, to help them be there with me. I just try to be in the experience. One of the natural things that you do is you kind of preserve the surprises in the story for the right moment. You don't give it all away in the beginning. And those are probably just things that come naturally to you, it seems. Comes naturally, but on the other hand, it's been years and years of practice. And so it's not like it just comes naturally and I, and I do it, but I use the techniques that I used when I was doing training and teaching and public speaking and motivational speaking uh, in story. I've been getting up on stage in many ways, shapes, and forms for a number of years. Every time I see you perform, I'm riveted. And thank you again for sharing this story at Story Jam. Thank you, Stephanie. And anytime you'd like me on any one of your stages, uh, let me know. I'd be honored. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much, dear listeners. Please don't forget to visit us online to find out all about our events, our classes, and our causes. And please review this podcast if you can, as it helps people find out about us. Always remember and never forget in perpetuum storius. It means keep the stories going. See you next time at Story Jam. Check us out at storyjamshow.com.